Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. We've got a lot to get to on the podcast today, including the latest Pac-12, Big 12, rumor mill churning as always. But first, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are just a few dozen away from a thousand. So hit that subscribe button to the channel. But let's jump in now. Pac-12 expansion, Big 12 realignment. What's going to happen? Well, the latest rumor mill turned up. Rumors of Colorado looking heavily at the Big 12. And that is very interesting on numerous levels. So we'll kind of react to that. And my first thought is Colorado took plenty of time to move to the Pac-12, a league that they really targeted joining because of their want to improve their academic standing nationally, as well as their large alumni bases in Pac-12 country, including California, which is a monster feeder state for the school. Now, multiple reports out there saying that there is buzz around Colorado joining the Big 12. But right now, look, I'm not going to count out anything on conference realignment by any means, but it would come at a little bit of a surprise to me and, and a few reasons why. I listed those about wanting to improve the academic standing of the university when they joined the Pac-12. Those mission that, that mission is still very much a thing for the school. And, you know, also those alumni bases. Another thing, look, they don't know the number of that Pac-12 media rights deal. And if you go back, and I did a lot of research before kind of jumping on the podcast, but you look back at what Arizona, Arizona State's presidents, two of the schools that the Big 12 has been targeting heavily, they were quoted as saying, look, we think things are going to stick together. We don't know the number yet, but we believe George Klyovkov is going to bring us a number that keeps this league together. And Arizona, another school that has caught various levels of buzz throughout this, uh, has been a staunch supporter of SMU joining the Pac-12, according to multiple sources. So as we sit back and look at this buzz around Colorado, I think you got to point it to one thing, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is no stranger to Dallas. He's no stranger to Big 12 country in that sense. And if he had his choice, I guarantee you he'd want to be in the Big 12 from his perspective. It's a more well-known recruiting ground for him. It's a more well-known area for him, and it's an area he knows and loves. So this idea that Colorado is going to up and leave by itself is a little surprising to me. And so I am going to be in the camp right now, at least when it comes to this latest buzz around a, an expansion or realignment rumor, that I would be surprised if Colorado left for the Big 12 at this stage now. We could fast forward months down the road and see the Pac-12 media rights deal doesn't come together the way they thought it would. 
And then maybe a move does need to be made for Colorado. But if you look at what a lot of the presidents have said, they all believe that the ones that have been quoted, at least, that this deal is going to come together and be enough to keep the league intact. I'll read to you uh, what Robert Robbins, president of Arizona, just said uh, a month ago. We're all committed, and I'm pretty confident George Klyovkov will bring us a deal that we're happy with and that preserves the Pac-12 to make the next step together or with 12 schools if we add anyone. He went on to say that it's heavily dependent on Klyovkov and his team negotiating a good media deal for us to stay competitive. I don't think anyone wants to leave. Why would you move for a couple million dollars a year? And then this, this came around the same time via The Athletic. He said, until then, it's all speculation and fear-mongering and saying you don't want to be the last because there might not be a seat for you. Well, I'm not buying into that. I haven't seen anyone else jump and run. It'd be a problem if enough people did, obviously. And that's what Brett, your mark, and the Big 12 are banking on. If you can get Arizona and Colorado to say yes, then the whole Pac-12, what's left of it, blows up. He's referencing his own school being a catalyst for the Pac-12 dissolving. And at the same time, saying that, he believes things are going to stick together and be good enough to keep the league intact. And over the last month, two months, three months, we haven't seen anything to suggest that that is going to change for this league. Now, the timeline of a Pac-12 media rights deal is something that has certainly changed, at least when you look at some of the buzz around when a deal could happen. We saw the presidents release their unity statement. We saw a lot of buzz that a deal would get done around March, April. Those expectations, as we discussed last week and have been reported on by others, has been adjusted. Most people are saying now in the summer, and that is going to be what we watch for. But no one has sat back and said that the Pac-12 deal is not expected to be enough to keep this league together. And I think that's important out of all of this. And you try to dive down into the rumor mill and dive down into what could make a Colorado and Arizona and Arizona State a Utah leave, well, being a, a deal that would bring in significantly less money would be that. But right now, there's just not buzz around that. If you look at a lot of the reporting, and I talked to some folks before jumping on the pod and kind of gave it, gave a little bit of a temperature check, if you will. And the temperature is that the Pac-12 deal is going to happen. And it's going to happen at some point. But it goes back to what we've been talking about on this podcast for a while. Things like this take a long time. You're about to involve, if you're the Pac-12, a streamer or two that has not done college sports, especially college football, yet. And that is what they've got to work through. They've got to work through legal. They've got to work through what the time slots look like. Because when you're a streaming service, it doesn't honestly matter when you put the game on, but what do those time slots look like for league schools? What is the payout from a streamer to the league to broadcast those games? And how does it all get packaged up and produced in general? All of those things are still being discussed, and that's nothing that should come as a surprise for anyone. So as we see people report that Colorado is getting a lot of Big 12 buzz, or Arizona is getting a lot of Big 12 buzz lately, I don't necessarily buy it. Again, 
expect the unexpected when it comes to college football realignment, but this doesn't necessarily match up for what the school wants to do overall. If I was taking a guess at this, this Colorado Big 12 leak, buzz, whatever you want to call it, rumor, could very well be coming from Deion Sanders and some of his you know, staffers and supporters because that would be what Deion Sanders would like to happen with Colorado. This could very well be a stepping stone for Deion Sanders. We looked at the buzz around what Deion Sanders brought in as a coaching candidate, and he ends up taking the Colorado job. Very interesting choice by by all accounts, you know, kind of stepping outside of his normal zone uh, as far as where he's been. So will he eventually be on the move at some point? There's a good chance he will be. Will it work out at Colorado? Will it not? Those are two factors. He could be gone in a few years because it's been a train wreck. It could He could be moving up because he's done very, rather well. But those things are not what schools are going to base decisions on when it comes to conference realignment. And I think it's important to note that. Colorado set out to become a better academic institution and also get more out of their alumni bases, which is why they went to the Pac-12. And if the money isn't that much different, I don't see them leaving. Arizona, they're in that same group of the four corner schools that are being talked to by the Big 12. They've not denied that Brett Yormark has come come after him. Brett Yormark, other presidents in the Big 12 have talked about that as well. They're actively trying to poach Big 12 or Pac-12 schools to try and build their league up. They want to expand West. But at the same token, just like we've reported, they're still in contact with SMU. And there's still discussions that go on with SMU. There's still con- uh, discussions that go on with SMU and the ACC. Those things are nothing new. And we've reported on them multiple times. But just like it makes sense for Deion Sanders to want to get back to the Big 12 country, it makes sense for SMU to want to join the Big 12 from the regional aspect and some of those built-in rivalries and staying in the central time zone. It makes sense for SMU to want to want to want to get in to the ACC from an academic perspective, from fitting in with some of the other schools. That doesn't mean that it'll happen. Those are just some of the wishes that you would think that are out there. And it's nothing new. And SMU is still very much in play for the Pac-12. And if I was a betting man, I would consider SMU to be a Pac-12 invitation in the future when they do agree to that media rights deal. I've maintained that. Same goes for San Diego State. Both schools sit in a very good spot to get invitations from the Pac-12 to join. It's just a matter of when that media rights deal gets done. And that's the thing that during this time, and look, we've talked about it on the podcast before. There's this time period where it's been kind of dead and we saw all this Big 12 going to poach the Pac-12 buzz. All right, that didn't happen at that point in time. Then the NCAA tournament happens. All eyes kind of go toward that. Now we have this dead period until the NFL draft, um, until uh, you get into fall camps and all of this stuff. Lo and behold, another rumor comes up that a Pac-12 school is going to jump ship it shouldn't necessarily be surprising that we're seeing another round of this. It's just a matter of trying to sift through it to see what is actually the truth in all of this. The truth is, is that the PAC 12 continues to go down that road toward a media rights deal. And if they're going down that road and it's a matter of working out the logistics, which trust me, they're taking forever. 
But higher education and some of these massive companies like an Apple or an Amazon don't move fast. And they're new to this as well, if you're looking at Apple and Amazon. So trying to differentiate between rumors and what could happen relatively soon are very different because, <clears throat> because if you look at the buzz around the Pac-12 completing its media rights deal, there was buzz that was going to happen, came and went. Now, expectations have been reassessed. Looks like more of a summer into maybe even August here and there, depending on who you look at. And no one really you know, bats an eye. But when a report comes out or smoke, whatever, from Twitter comes out that the Big 12 is going to take Colorado, all of a sudden it is a you know five-alarm fire that is going on with all of this. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't match up to what's been, at the very least, publicly been stated by Pac-12 presidents as far as where things stand when it comes to the league's unity. But also it doesn't match up with Colorado's um, overall plan for what they want to do as far as the university goes. And it took a long time for the Pac-12 to reel in Colorado. And when they finally did, it, it made a lot of sense for, from the aspect of that's what they want to do as a university is be aligned with schools that are of a higher quality than the Big 12 schools. And not trying to knock the Big 12 schools, but that's the reality when you're paired with or, or when, you're, when you're grouped with schools like Stanford and Cal and others out there uh, in Pac-12 country, that's a different group that you're hanging out with at the table uh, in the cafeteria than when you're sitting with the Big 12 schools. And that, those are the same reasons why SMU would love to be in the Pac-12, same reasons why SMU would love to be in the ACC. The academic profiles of those two conferences fit SMU better. SMU to the Big 12 would mean... This fits in regionally, built-in rivalries, stay in the central time zone, continue to strengthen that foothold if you're the Big 12 in DFW and Texas and not allow another Power 5 league into it. But, you know, this is this is not Colorado's, uh, I think, swan song to leave the Pac-12. It just doesn't add up. So when I look at some of these rumors, that's kind of how I try to approach it is, when you look back and you look at timelines and you look at how things happened in the past, how does it match up with how the school envisions, envisions itself overall? Because if you're Colorado and you value the academic side of things, because conferences were created for academic values for the most part, we've obviously seen them change over time when it comes to media rights deals and TV revenue. But those are still the pillars of this. And the difference is when you look at a USC and a UCLA leaving for the Big, Big Ten or a Texas and an Oklahoma leaving for the SEC, well, the money makes a ton of sense. But they're also leaving for conferences that are of similar ideas and academic levels that they want to be at and remain at. So I think those are kind of the stark differences when you look at some of the realignment with those schools and you look at some of the realignment that we've seen with other schools. And the same can be said for UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston joining the Big, Big 12. They get strengthened academic or athletically by the TV revenue, by the bigger exposure, but they're not making a huge change academically. And that's just the reality of it. So when you kind of try to 
divide up the rumor mill, that's where this Colorado one doesn't stick with me. So um, just kind of want to give some thoughts on the latest rumor mill around Pac-12 expansion, Big 12 expansion, and um, kind of how all of that is going. Now, we do jump into our latest SMU football spring position preview for the spring game on Friday. Uh, SMU running backs, they're up next. And I wanted to touch on these because this is a group that if you haven't been out to an SMU practice and you're going to get your first look Friday at the spring game at Highland Park High School, you're going to notice a, a very different room for a number of reasons. TJ McDaniel, obviously gone, uh, hasn't been with the team as he transferred uh, to Northern Arizona, but you and Trey Siggers as well, uh, who's still looking for a transfer destination. But now you have two brand new, highly touted, talented transfers in Jalen Knighton and LJ Johnson coming over from Miami and Texas A&M respectively. I think when you look at what those guys are going to bring to the table, it's very different for this offense. When you have Jalen Knighton catching the football out of the backfield the way he is, as well as his explosiveness and vision, that is something that SMU fans are going to get excited about. Um, LJ Johnson, very much a bruiser, but has shown some explosiveness as well. He's settled in much better in spring ball so far. Tyler Levine is going to be out for the spring game as he continues to recover from his knee injury. Belton Gardner, pretty much the, the veteran, the old man of the group uh, in spring this year because Tyler's out. He's going to be out there running around. Brandon Epton, another veteran uh, who's not played too much in his SMU career at running back, uh, is going to be out there as well. But the question mark is going to be Kamar Wheaton. What's his role? Um, he's been kind of nicked up here and there since his return. He had a, a wrap on his knee at practice on Tuesday after we watched. Um, and, you know, his status, I think, for the spring game is is kind of up in the air at this point. And that means Jalen Knighton, LJ Johnson, Velton Gardner, and uh, Brandon Epton are going to be the guys that get the majority of the reps in that spring game. So look for those guys. And Jalen Knighton, when you watch him, it's pretty hard not to think that he could have an all AC, all AAC, I should say, type season uh, with SMU. His ability to catch the football, um, his toughness, his ability to finish falling forward uh, when he does uh, finish runs. He runs with much more of a punch than you would think for a kind of, um, uh, I mean, 5'11", 180-pound back. I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the in the world, but he's got that talent. Um, that SMU, quite honestly, I would kind of compare Jalen Knighton to what um, Braden West did for SMU a few years back. Uh, just that relatively thin um, back who's got explosiveness, has wheels, has the ability to catch the football. Uh, that's what Jalen Knighton can bring. I think he's got a little bit more wiggle than Braden, uh, Braden West did for SMU. But um, And then you look at LJ Johnson kind of that physical runner, similar to kind of uh, Xavier Jones from a few years back as well. But those two guys are going to get you excited um, if you're an SMU fan. Now, they will be running against the defensive line that has made SMU, uh, you know, the offense, have a little bit of trouble in spring ball. I mean, this is a defensive line that, you know, we talked with Calvin Thibodeau today after practice, and he was saying how, look, this is a, a totally different world, having a 300-plus pounder and Jordan Miller in the middle allowing Elijah Chapman, Devere Levelston, and Elijah Roberts to play a little bit more of the edge. Uh, and that's what they've been facing. But if they can get Jalen Knighton or LJ Johnson loose, you'll see it. You'll see what I'm talking about. So be on the lookout for that in the spring game. Um, and then 
Belton Gardner's put together a nice spring. He's got the ability to catch the football out of the backfield um, and and do kind of all things just well. You know, uh, before he got injured uh, last year, he was having a really nice season. Kind of took a backseat to Tyler Levine as well. Um, and, and we all, knew, you know, found out what he could do, you know, kind of toward the uh, third of the way through the season uh, is when he really emerged. But um, this is a running back room that, is going to look a little different in the spring game, uh, especially if Kamar, Kamar Wheaton can't go after he returned from his suspension. Uh, but there's a lot of excitement around the SMU running backs uh, without a doubt. So um, we will have more on the SMU spring game on Thursday, kind of a full primer for you guys. We just wrapped up our final spring practice of spring ball. So it, it just flew by really, uh, but a lot of fun. Hope you guys have enjoyed the content on our YouTube channel, on the Pony Express's YouTube channel please hit that subscribe button for us. Um, just below this video, just take one click and do it. Um, and uh, we'll continue to have many more podcasts. We uh, just had another great guest on uh, with uh, Toyel Wilson. You'll see that interview uh, next week. Um, you know, So the head women's basketball coach coming on to talk a little bit, little bit of shop with us. Um, and she was awesome. So appreciate her for coming on. Look for that next week. But hit that subscribe button for us. Help us out. Get to that 1K goal. Um, do want to end with uh, kind of the point of the podcast where some people might turn it off after now, but uh, SME basketball. Uh, they did uh, land a former four-star guard in Denver, England over the weekend, a little Easter Sunday uh, commitment for Rob Lanier and his staff. The former Georgetown uh, you know, 2022 signee uh, did have kind of a quiet year by uh, all accounts, uh, no question about that, um, but he did commit to SMU, and this is a big one for SMU staff. This is a guy who is just on the verge of being a top 100 player on the on three industry ranking. Uh, on three had him um, just outside the top 100 as well. He was top 100 on a couple different services, um, but he committed to SMU on Sunday. Um, six 185 pound guard from New Jersey. He only played seven minutes a game, uh, averaged 1.4 points per outing. So a guy that was a former highly touted shooter, I mean, far and away considered one of the best shooters in the 2022 class, just didn't fit in um, at Georgetown as Patrick Ewing uh, kind of ran that thing into the ground, saw the coaching change there at Georgetown. Denver England was a guy that Georgetown wanted back. Uh, pretty obvious by that. He was at the press conference and uh, there was a lot of buzz around Georgetown that he might return. A lot of programs uh, around the country did uh, get in contact with him. Miami, Ohio, Penn State, Chattanooga, uh, Vermont, Old Dominion, uh, multiple others. But he ends up coming to SMU. This is a big land for SMU. They needed to upgrade the shooting. Rob Lanier talked about that on our uh, podcast interview with him. So be sure to check that out if you haven't. Um, but they needed to upgrade uh, their shooting and find a better three-point shooter. And they feel like they've found that in Denver, England. Uh, so somebody that can come in and really factor into that guard rotation. Um, and I know he did not play a lot last year, but there's a lot of people that are uh, excited for SMU to get Den Denver Anglin on board. So nice commitment for SMU to kick off the 2023 uh, summer spring of transfers. But on the flip side of that, they did miss on two key targets. Um, Heisier Miller out of Temple did announce that he was going to return to the Owls. That program, losing a lot of talent, I think his role there is going to be expanded. Uh, he started a good number of games for the Owls. He's been productive. He was somebody that SMU had in 
on an official visit. And look, he didn't visit anywhere else and ends up uh, heading back to Temple uh, to complete uh, his college career there, it seems like. Um, he played it and started in all 32 games last year, average eight points, 3.8 assists and 3.1 rebounds per game. Uh, but look, I mean, that was one that definitely hurt. They've had three players officially visit Denver Anglin, Heiser Miller and Chuck Harris from Butler. Chuck Harris continues to be on the radar for SMU. Can they pull out two out of out of the three? That would be considered a success in my book as far as rebuilding the backcourt. Then they can go out and try try to find, I think, one more, especially a pure point guard, to really help things in the backcourt. Now, they did have Nellie Jr. Joseph on campus over the weekend for an official visit. He was supposed to visit San Diego State as well. He was fresh off an official visit to New Mexico, but ends up committing to the Lobos on Tuesday morning. This is a big loss for SMU, um, a guy that you know could have been a really instant impact front court guy for SMU. He's one of the top available um, front court players in the country. Um, he was first team all Mac, um, and, and that was for the second consecutive year. But he ends up going from Rick Patino to Richard Patino um, out there to play for New Mexico. So a big loss in the front court on the recruiting front for SMU. They've got to address that front court. Rob Lanier, if you heard him on the podcast, did feel confident and who they were going to bring in. So it'll be interesting to see what direction they go from here um, as, as far as front court help. They do have Xavier Foster coming back. They have Mo and Jai coming back, Keon Ambrose Hilton coming back. But they've got to address the front court with an instant impact guy, a guy who can kind of raise that level of play like they wanted FAODG to be this past year. So um, SB basketball, kind of a mixed bag to start. If they can land Chuck Harris, if they can get another big man on campus that can really help them, that would be a really good start. They've got about six scholarships open, I believe, uh, five, six uh, off the top of my head. So uh, they've got some available spots and uh, they need to continue to hit that pavement. I will say it is still very early in the transfer portal for uh, college basketball. There are over a thousand players in the transfer portal right now from college basketball, which is just mind blowing. So a lot of potential players SMU could bring in for visits are out there and their, you know, potential to get them is still very much in play. And uh, it is just April, but um, they did miss on a guy that if you're SMU, you want to see Rob Lanier and his staff land a Nelly Jr. Joseph over New Mexico. I can see Heisher Miller wanting to stay at Temple. He, you know, played a lot of games there. He's got that, you know, Temple love. He knows what he's getting there, but to lose out, and obviously the family ties are there with the Patinos to New Mexico, but still a tough one uh, for Rob Lanier and his staff to kind of stomach there, um, you know, missing out on Nelly Jr. Joseph. So please subscribe to On the Pony Express. We're going to have one last spring special for subscribers, so be sure to check that out. You can, uh, you know, see more on that uh, when we go live with that. Um, it'll be a good, good deal for you guys to jump on board for the summer to get the latest on SMU's recruiting efforts. Football is certainly certainly starting to heat up in that respect. So be sure to uh, stay locked in on that. A lot of spring game visitors are going to be at SMU on Friday, already seeing a lot of those be announced, um, as well as some transfers. So be sure to subscribe. And I did drop some tidbits on a pair of transfers that'll be on campus um, on Friday. Uh, 
I dropped it last Friday uh, to give you guys an idea of the two that will be at SMU. So be sure to be on the lookout for those two guys, uh, two key targets for SMU out of the transfer portal on the football side of things. But basketball is still getting underway. So be sure to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com, part of the On3 family. So um, with that, guys, going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back Thursday with a full spring game preview for you guys. Everything you need to know. Um, at every position when you guys go out to Highland Park High School to catch the game on Friday. Admission is free. There will be concessions available as well. So we'll be out there um, watching the game and covering it. So be sure to keep it locked on OnThePonyExpress.com. Hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel. We will catch you guys later in the week with another edition of the On The Pony Express podcast. Thanks for listening.